need a pep talk? Come hang with us weekly while we serve up realness with a side of sass and help you learn to love yourself in every shape, size, and season. I'm Becca. And I'm AMQ. And this is I Got You, Boo. Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome back. This episode is going to be delish. I hope your brains are ready. Lots of learning. Lots yes, of learning lots of learning. Yes. I'm excited. AMQ, you, do you want to share who our special guest is since we continually not tell our boo crew until the episode comes Yeah, we out. like keep it, we keep it super secret for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know why. We're like, don't worry, it's going to be fantastic. Then we don't tell them. <laughs> our guest today is Kim One. Once again, another interesting, fantastic relationship that started on Clubhouse and then is like sort of stretched. A room with Kim was the first room that I ever hopped on in Clubhouse, wow. which is so interesting to me. Yeah, it was like you and Kaylin and DeAndre. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was great. And I was like, ever since, Clubhouse is just a great app for that stuff. And it's so cool to be able to connect with people that inspire the heck out of you. Like, I would have never found you, you know? So that was super, super cool. Yeah, I, I forget about it now. I, I honestly forget about that app. I Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> I get a thousand notifications a day, but I'm still like, I should maybe, uh, I don't know. No, but it's interesting because it's like, for me, served its purpose. Like, it still serves its purpose. But for me, in my early days, I was like, wow, I am connecting with so many cool people. And then I took those relationships off that platform, which I think is important, right? Like, they're not just relegated to one corner of the internet. Like, they're becoming real life connections, which I think is kind of the point, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting, it's an interesting platform. I really like it, but I, I got tired of sitting around and listening all the time. And then it's like, and if you're not listening, then you have to be talking. And then I just got tired of talking and I'm like, I don't know what to do. This isn't for me anymore. Yeah, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing a lot more people now on Instagram um, saying like, remember Clubhouse and like making a joke about how it kind of like it came and it hit, it hit hard and it was fast. And then it was like, okay, like you said, those connections were taken off that app and then like, yeah, served yeah. its purpose. But I mean, sis, just got another notification for Clubhouse. <laughs> still on there. They're still doing the damn thing. So you want to know why? You want to know why? It's all of my Canadian friends who are still in lockdown. All of you people are like oh, living your true. lives. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is a lot we're of like, Canadians. You're right. Yeah, we're like sitting here, like in our condos on our balconies. Like, still can't go out though. So <laughs> might as that's well true. Log in. This is AMQ speaking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hi, Canadians connecting on Clubhouse. <laughs> That's like the only group I'm ever part of. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Anyways, I'm grateful. I'm grateful because it's fascinating the amount of connections that can be made. The internet's just a cool place if you let it be. So we're going to start off with our typical would you rather. And if you follow Kim on Instagram, if you don't, then you will after this episode for sure, because she will be tagged in our show notes and all up in our stories. She loves a good spiritual moment. There was a lot of other life form talk on your stories the other day. And I immediately screen grabbed it because I knew we were going to be having this conversation. I was like, yes, I love this. Okay. So would you rather have an opportunity to sit down with another life form? Aliens who are, there has, I mean, there has to be something out there besides humans. So would you rather have the opportunity to have like the VIP when that connection happens 
I'm gonna get first dibs on being able to sit with these other life forms or be able to pick anyone from the spiritual realm to sit and chat with. So who would you rather have a sit down meeting with? From the spiritual realm as in someone who has passed or just anyone in the spiritual realm? Anyone in the spiritual realm, realm. either whatever fancies you most, whether someone who can connect you with someone who has passed, like a medium or a psychic. I say spiritual realm. Okay. I would rather spiritual realm. 100%. 100%. I I think the mystery of all those other life forces is interesting, but I think connecting to a spiritual realm is really connecting to self. And I think to be able to connect deeper to self and like learn more about, you know, you and what all like your path is a lot more enticing to me. Agree. Agree. Have you ever sat down with a medium? Oh my gosh. So I probably see a psychic once a year. There's no probably. I see a psychic once a year. Love it. <laughs> and when I was in LA, I, I, it was like my therapy. I went to a psychic every two, three months and mm. I loved it so much. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was honestly my therapy. Mm. Um, it was the same freaking price as a therapist. And I just felt like I got more out of it because it just felt less by the books. And, um, we were able to connect on a spiritual level and I just, I, I liked it so much more. Yes. Yeah. And it, was it the same one? Did you go to the same? Yeah. So time? like, did you continue that relationship? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she was really great and just really easy. And I just, I really liked her. And so I've been trying to find someone at local here and I actually just met someone last week. She's a tarot card reader and she's insane. <laughs> she's insane. She's insane. She is like, Ooh. I can't, like, like on, on point. point, like she on says point. something. Ooh, that gives me, I'm, I have goosebumps. <laughs> I can't handle her. I'll like send you her information. Cause she does readings like over the phone and she does like, <gasps> and I mean, she just picks up your energy like, like that. I mean, it's just, it's wild. Wow. Yeah. And she's just a good soul. You know what I mean? Mm. She's just good. Yeah. And I think that's what I like most. And you can tell the difference. When you find, when you have an experience with yeah. someone who's not, because I mean, it's so easy to say that you are, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. But when you find someone who's really authentic and amazing with that, with their craft, it's, it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful experience. So I can see why that's something that you've connected with. I do have a deck of tarot cards that I like to pull, but I am not nearly as educated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on how, I still have like the, the book with like the cheat sheet on how to read what the cards are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> those cards are just telling you something that you already kind of know. Exactly. That's you know? yep, true. And so you choose to interpret it how you want to. At the end of the day, we interpret things how we genuinely want to interpret it. Mm-hmm. So love that. I've had some scummy ones. Like I've had some like not, you can tell that it's not a good experience, but I've also like, set myself up for that. Like I've gone to see a psychic in Salem, Massachusetts twice. I mean, like, come on now. <laughs> mm. It's like in one of those plazas, you're like, it could be like, you could be legit, but then I'm in a little like cubicle. I'm like, nah, I don't feel this. Yeah. You know, they're asking like 21 questions. They're like, and how about this? And you're like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Could it be this? And you're like, I don't know. Could it be? (laughs) I have yet to have a bad reading, fortunately, (gasps) but I've heard horror stories. Yeah. My readings are insane. Every single one of them. Yeah, but you said you probably said yourself. That's what I mean. Like, it's not like you've probably done the work and done the research. I've like been in situations, so I'm like, oh, this is situational. Like, why not? Well, you're just like, I'll pop in. Yeah, exactly. I don't like put thought into it, and then I'm like rattled at the end that I'm like, though that was I don't even know what I learned there. <laughs> that 
that wasn't even, I might feel worse about myself leaving that cubicle than I did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We want her information. We could have a whole episode about Becca and I's experience. That would be a good one. Yeah. I would love to connect with her. So now that we got to know you on, uh, on that level, which is cool Z's big part of who you are, who, if you had to define who you are, tell us who, who's Kim. I am. Kim is a very emotional feeling human being. (laughs) Who is Kim? That's such an interesting question. I've I've actually been pondering on that. I've been sitting here for the last 10 minutes waiting to like get into the Zoom room. And I'm just like, what do I say? (laughs) (laughs) It's a hard question. Psychopath. <laughs> That's good though. That's good because you're always evolving, right? So it's like little pieces of you. Yeah, I feel like I am just a highly emotional feeling human being that is just trying to grow and get a better sense of self every single day. And I don't know, I I, I feel like I am constantly just trying to learn more about myself and I'm constantly in this state of awareness, which is good and bad, you know, because I feel like sometimes Mm -hmm. the more aware you are, the more fucked you are because you're just agreed. (laughs) 12 out of 10. We say that all the time. Like, so and I will always be like, sometimes you feel like it would be nicer if you were like a little bit more aloof, (laughs) you know, like things, things wouldn't hit you as hard if you were like, la la la. Yeah. 100%. And I feel like that's such a broad answer, but I, I feel like that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's who you are in this moment. We're here for that. Yeah. Yes. So in when you were also one of the guest speakers on the Rose Retreats that we mm-hmm. um, had the pleasure of attending. And as soon as you came on the screen and started talking, AMQ and I were sending notes back and forth like, dream for the pod, please. So we are so glad that you are here. And in the Rose Retreat, you shared a poem which had us in tears. What does it mean to be a woman? And it touched us so much that we would love if you are willing, if you could share it with the Boo Crew, if you have it just in your back pocket. (laughs) Yeah. All righty. Are you guys ready? Yes. What's interesting is I wrote this poem pretty much like, like that. I sat down. It was right after the inauguration of, uh, oh, wow, you know, the president and the vice president. And I was just so inspired by is her, her name is Amanda too, right? The, the poet that, yes. Okay. So I was just so inspired by her. And then I just, I feel like a lot of my life I get in my own way. I think we all do. I was struggling with like, I want to be a writer. I want to be a poet, but I'm not doing it. And I was like, I couldn't sleep. I was just up all night. And I was like, you have these words inside of you. You just need to get them out. And I literally got up and I think it was 2 a.m. And I just started typing and it just like, it just like came out of me. And it was just a really wow. cool experience. Yeah. And that's and, honestly, and that's how I feel about a lot of creative processes for, for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it just, I feel like once you, you have it, it just flows out of you. So, all right. Are you guys ready? Yes. We're ready. ready. Buckle okay. up, buttercups. <laughs> The poem is called Feminine Enough. What does it mean to be a woman, a girl, a lady, a her, a she? What does it mean to carry such titles when there's so many things they want us to be? They tell her be strong, but they still want her gentle. They say speak your mind, but don't be judgmental. She stays timid and meek, so they dub her as weak. Yet when she's bold and she's strong, they tell her she's wrong. They say listen up, 
sit down and look pretty. We know that you're smart, but just smile and be witty. So what does it take to be seen as an equal? What does it take to get what she's earned? Because she gives and she gives, and that's all that she's taught, that women must sacrifice, and that is our cause. She gets daily with aging eggs and wasted youth. She's told cellulite is unhealthy, yet there's no proof. She's told to work out to claim one version of fit. She's told bare skin is sexy, but too much is a risk. Her her clothes are too tight, too revealing, and now too baggy. She puts herself last like they tell her to do, to be the best mom, wife, or daughter. And she reminds me of you. We are asked to pour from empty cups, but today is the day we say enough is enough. We stand and we rise and we pick each other up. We do this together to honor her cup. And by her, I mean you and our friends and me and our moms and our daughters. Let us all help them see in a world built by men, there's change to be seen because a woman vice president is no longer just a dream. It doesn't matter if you're Asian, brown, white, or black, if you're rolling with money or if you struggle with lack. It doesn't matter if you are born a he. Your anatomy means nothing if deep down you believe that you are a queen and queens need their rest. So take time for yourself without the regrets. And welcome to the Rosary Retreat and get ready to reset. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I just want that to be replayed over and over. It lives rent free in my mind. (laughs) I'm actually I'm I'm putting a downloadable version of it on Etsy Monday. So if, if you guys could share that, that would be great. Oh, yes. Yeah, we totally will. Anyone can download it, um, print it, whatever. Yeah. Amazing. That's so that's perfect timing because we can put it in our show notes. Yep. We'll put the link for the Etsy download in our show notes whenever you feel like you need to hear it and and affirm it for you. Absolutely. Yes. Amanda Gorman at the inauguration. I played her um, poem that she read at the inauguration to my students. They're nine or ten. And they... At first they were like, oh, what's this? Okay, who's this? But then I could see all of them see themselves represented up there. I just was mm-hmm. a puddle. They were like, Mr. Chico. I was like, you guys realize how powerful this is. Mm-hmm. This is you are seeing that this is not far out of reach, just like you just spoke on in, in what you read to us. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, it just is not yeah. very it's not unattainable, you know? That's amazing. I mean, God, the more that we see, the more that people do, the more that other people realize that they can too. And I just think that's. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Such a, such a poet. She just rhymed right there. (laughs) 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 I'm I'm about a good rhyme. I love, I love a good Dr. Seuss moment. Excuse me while I wipe my tears. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Woo. That was great. I love it. I like, I watched the replay, the IGTV Reels Rose Retreat replay that they posted all the time. I just think it's so great. So thank you for sharing that with us. That was amazing. Okay. So something I really, really want you to touch on because it's something you speak on so openly and I love that is you're a woman in business, a fempreneur, a business owner, however you want to put it really for multiple businesses. What inspired you to pursue entrepreneurship? Um, I think wanting what inspired me was wanting a life and how I wanted to live. I knew that I wanted to be a business owner. I knew that I wanted to be making my own money. And I knew that I also wanted to be a mother and I knew that I wanted to be around my children as much as possible. And I was like, how do I, how do I do this? Cause for years I was like, I want to be a CEO. 
And then I worked under multiple CEOs and I was like, oh, I really don't want to be a CEO. Like it's so much work. It's so much time. And it's like, you have this vision of what it's supposed to be, but it's, it's early mornings and late nights and long meetings and babysitters and nannies and, you know, all that stuff, which is nothing wrong with any of that. I'll probably still get it and be a stay at home mom. But, um, <laughs> I knew <laughs> that I wanted to be around my, my kids and I knew I wanted to raise them. My parents didn't get to do a lot of that with me. They worked so much being um, Vietnamese immigrants, just kind of just starting over in this new country. And so I, I didn't get a lot of that growing up. And I knew that I wanted that. And so I was like, what can I do? What type of business can I open that is somewhat passive, but that also I can show up when I need to and I can... I can be there when I need to. I can bring on the right team and build a community. I think that's so huge. Sometimes I feel like yeah. I'm just like blabbering on. So when I am. No, you're not. No, you're no, not. Keep you're going. Just, <gasps> it's that's so true. It's, yes. The power of community and presence is huge. The power of community. I remember when I opened this nail salon, I, I looked for a while for nail salons actually and this one was in a um, shopping center that was doing really well. And there's two other salons in that shopping center. Oh, wow. Like uh, from where I am, I can take a picture of the other one and then turn around and take a picture of the other one. So, and there was a business right next to me, a hair salon. And I went in and I was like, hey, I'm your new neighbor. And she was like, oh, do you know that there's two other salons in this, in this oh. shopping center? I was like, yeah. I do, but none of them are like mine. Yes, queen. And she was like, oh, well, good luck with your little business. Ooh, bitch. And, um, Ooh, bitch. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks. And what's really, what's really crazy is I don't wish this upon anybody whatsoever, but she didn't survive the pandemic. She had to close her doors. And I think it's, I think it's really telling, you know, the energy that you put out into yes. the world is the energy that you're going to get yes. back. And she should have been a little fucking nicer to me. So Yeah, 12 out of 10 agree with that. Like, give me a break. Also, <sighs> women are supposed to, this is the thing. Like, did you, it's like that real, like, did you miss, did you miss the like women uplifting each other? Did, did you miss that memo? <laughs> That's... I mean, like, come on. Um, and, <sighs> and granted, she became a very loyal client over, you know, our, the, the last two years, but like, it's just, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I just, if, if anyone ever came to me and was opening a business, oh I would gosh. give them a big pat on the back, you know, and I would mm -hmm. just support them in every way possible because you already have so much shit in your head telling yourself that you're going to fail. And then to have someone externally do it, it's just like, come on, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, if, if for anyone that wants to start a business, I, I just, I just want people to remember that like you are the secret ingredient to your, to whatever you're doing, because nothing, at the end of the day, nothing is new anymore. Nothing is new. There's been a thousand poems written. There's been a thousand books written, 102,000 TV shows. There's <laughs> so many podcasts. Nothing is new. We're, we're not avant-garde in, in anything that we do. The, the only thing that you can bring that's fresh to the table is who you are as a person. And, and you guys are also unique and so different. And just remember that when you're, when you're going into a business venture and. Uh, that's such good advice. That's it's so important to remember. Faps and snaps. So important. 
So that like, yes, the, the systems have been put in place or these, these things have been created, but what you can bring to the table in those settings is you and there's yeah. no one that can bring that. So that's, that's great advice for anyone yeah. who's trying, wanting to try something new, whether it's entrepreneurship or just something that you want to do that you feel like, oh, it's already been done before. So no one's going to care. They will care <laughs> and you will care because you are showing up authentically as yourself and you can't, that's the best thing you can do in the world. And it's like, we, I, we always hear this being said as humans that somebody doing something before you doesn't mean they're your competition. It just means that it's doable, right? Like when you see somebody thriving at something that you want to do, it's like the market has been tested and it worked. So now you get to add your flair to it, which is super, super great. Thank you for that advice. I was going to ask about, um, what advice you'd give to anyone wanting to start a business, like any human wanting to start a business, especially women though, in a marginalized community, is there anything that you would add to that piece of advice, like an extra tip? Yeah. Embrace failure. Like fuck mm. it up. Like fuck everything up 10 times. <laughs> fuck it up. And then, and then get up and fuck it up some more, you know, like <laughs> That's, fail yeah. forward, fail forward and just fuck it up. I love that. Isn't that so freeing to hear though? That's yeah, a piece so of advice freeing. that some yeah. people are just like, oh, they're going to try and keep it textbook cookie cutter. But no, no, no. We're giving you the real deal here. No. Just don't be afraid to fuck it up and then just keep doing it. That's like, amazing. You have to be ready to fail. You really have to be ready yep. to fail. And if you're not, if you're not ready to fail, you're going to be hit really hard when it happens because it will happen. It is, right. it's, it's inevitable. And so if someone prepares you for that, then when it happens, you, you get to just breathe, you get to step back and you get to say, okay, this really bad thing happened and I completely fucked it up. Now, now what, how do I come back from this? What's my next step? You know, I sat down with a girl the other day. Actually, I, I do this often. Um, I've sat down with many women in the last couple of years since I opened the nail shop, just to, you know, everyone does the, let me pick your brains, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people don't like that and I'm all for it. And so the amount of times mm -hmm. I've sat down with women for a coffee or a juice to talk about their business is just such a, such a beautiful moment. And so oddly enough, a woman sat down with me two weeks ago and she's opening, um, a smoothie shop. And she is actually of, she's a woman of a marginalized community. Um, she's Asian American. Actually, no, no, no. She's, she's Latin American, I think. Yes. She just, she has very Asian features, um, really beautiful, dark features. And her husband is Asian American. That's my mistake. But yeah. And she was, and she has three kids and she's like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And she's like, and every single person I sit down with is like, you're going to be fine. It's, it's going to be okay. And I was like, uh, uh, oh no. You're, oh, I love that. You're love not going to be okay. You're going to want to scream in your car at times. You're going to want to cry in your pillow. You're going to want to be, you're going to want to quit. You're, you're going to want to quit. You're going to be so scared. Like that's, that's what's real. Like people can tell you over and over again that it's going to be fine because it is, you're going to be fine. You're going to make it like at the, at the end of the day, the worst thing that's going to happen to you is your business fails and you owe someone a shit ton of fucking money and. And now you have to go into bankruptcy and that sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. And I told her that I was like, that's going to suck if that happens. 
But if you really think about it, that's the worst that's going to happen. That is the absolute worst. And then you just got to start over and build your credit again. And all of that sucks. But again, it's been done. Someone's done it. Someone's done it. And they're they're, exactly. out, they're on the other side and they're better. That is the worst that's going to happen. But be ready to fail. So that is my biggest advice for anybody. You are the secret sauce to anything you do. And two, once you start it, once you make that jump to do it, be ready to fuck it up over and over again and start over. Yes. And I think it's important to outline the fact that you opened up a second nail salon during the pandemic, right? I saw that and was like, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) It's one of those things, dude, I feel like when you are prepared, you have to jump Mm -hmm. when no one else is prepared. I mean, everyone talks about back in 2018 with with the, the housing market crash. Who was ahead yep. then? People that were prepared to buy, you know? Yep. Like, you, right. if you had the money, if you were saving, like, you got some, you were, you were, you were good. You were good. Yep. And so, same Agreed. with this. Like, it's so unfortunate, but the amount of businesses that were closing, the amount of places that needed to be leased, the, I mean, this was, this was a time to, to negotiate. This was the time to, to, to play your cards, you know? And, Mm-hmm. And we were able to do that. So, yeah. That's amazing. I was very Ooh. inspired by that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. During the Rose Retreats, you talked beautifully about tokenism. And to be completely transparent, I had no idea what that meant. Mm, when me it, it started off, I was like, what is it? I thought I knew what it meant. But the conversation unraveled in this way that I was like, whoa, my eyes have never been more open. So would you please define what tokenism is? Yeah, tokenism to me is you take a marginalized community and you generalize them. And then you use that, that generalization of those people to then propel yourself. That's what I think it is. So it's, you know, a a company hiring this one, one black woman, and she is now the token minority female and she is used and, and, and she's, and the difference between tokenism and actually someone doing that is now she is, she is used as the person to then propel their mission of being Mm. more inclusive. Um, when really is she, you know, like that, that's, that's the Mm. question. Like, was she really brought on to actually do that? Or was she brought on to be seen as doing that, you know? And that's what I believe tokenism to be. Yes, that's a very good way of explaining it. And I know the conversation had gone on to um, like how we can avoid tokenism and something that you had mentioned, I wrote this quote down and I underlined it, highlighted it because I thought that this was such a beautiful way for people like me who did not feel educated enough in this to learn. So you had said education and action dispels fear. So can you expand a little bit on the power that that holds? Education and action dispelling fear? Philosophically, I think that everything that we do in life, everything that we do is either coming from a place of love or coming from a place of fear, every single action that we do. And so when you live your life in, 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 in fear, the more that you know about other people, the more that you understand other people, the more that you take time to get to know them, the less foreign they are to you. 
and the less fear you have mm-hmm. of them and, and who they are and, and the less fear you have to speak for them and to speak up against people who are not for them. Whereas like, I mean, I feel like a lot of creators, content creators felt like they lacked the proper knowledge to speak on Black Lives Matter last year. And so out of fear, they chose not to, right? Mm-hmm. You just have to get over it. You you have to educate yourself, take the actions, fail if you must. But now that fear of failing, that fear of getting shit on, that fear of being, oh, you're just this white bitch trying to talk about Black Lives Matter. It's going to happen. Yeah. Someone's going to say that totally. to you. And you have to not care because you're doing it out of love, you know? And mm-hmm. so that that is something that I hope so many more people take from this is the more you lean into love and the more you lean into wanting to understand other people, the the better the world is going to be. Yes. I love that full circle moment of once again, you have to be okay with just fucking it up sometimes and not getting it right. And knowing that that's part of the learning process in quite literally every aspect of your life. Yeah. You're either coming at things from love or from fear. That's such a beautiful way. Someone, someone said something to me the other day and it really shook me. She said, do you know that everything that you say and do, you're either asking for love or you're giving love. And I was like, that's so interesting. Wow. And, and she's like, so, so let's say you're, cause I was, I was talking to someone about, um, being judgmental. And I was like, God, I, I want to work on less judgment in, in my life. I feel like it's so easy for me to sit there and like something so small, like this is a very small thing, but like going to a restaurant and everyone's eating and you don't really like the meal and you can just be like, yeah, it was okay. Or you can draw everyone into your judgment. You can draw everyone in and be like, oh, this food was not good. Like, did you like your food? You know? And and it's like, when you do that, she, she was like doing that, that action is you're seeking love. You're seeking people to join you in, in, in this moment for you to not feel alone in whatever you're thinking. So you're, you're seeking love. And it was just so interesting. And she's like, so people that are, that are really hurt and that are in pain and that are mean and evil and whatever, a lot of what they're doing is still seeking love from others. And when you think about Ooh. that, it's just like sad, you know, it, it like yeah. the, the attention that you're trying to get is still, you're still seeking love. Like you're giving love or you're seeking it. And I was like, <laughs> Oh wow. See? But isn't that one of those moments that now you're like, Oh dang, that's how I see everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now your eyes are open And I have a friend who always talks about after the Black Lives Matter movement, she really started talking about putting her glasses on and keeping them on. She's big on putting her content out there and making people see that stuff. And it's true. Like sometimes every once in a while, I'll have moments in my life where I'll be like, you know, I just wish I didn't have my glasses on just because sometimes it's hard to work through it, right? The learning and the unlearning, like, just like you're saying. And sometimes you want to just kind of, I know I do, I'm speaking for myself. Sometimes I kind of just want to be like, skirt, like I would like to just (laughs) tap out of a situation, but it's like, no, you know, like you're, you're doing that work. You have to move through the uncomfortable or else what's the point, right? You can't, you can't, you can't just sideline yourself and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to take the bench on this one. This one's a little too tough to work through. You need to just be willing to just keep going. And I love that that's sort of a theme with everything, business, personal, all of this. It's, Mm -hmm. it's life. It's interesting that you say that because I pulled an Oracle card a couple months ago and the card said that you 
I, I don't know how spiritual you guys are. So this is this is a lot. Oh, so. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, I'm here pretty for spiritual. It. Yeah, yeah. We're woo 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 over here. Everybody. Yes. It's stated that where you chose to be in this time, your soul chose to be here. You're choosing the network of people around you, a collective of individuals who are also here with the same purpose as you to create change, to create awareness. And the more you become aligned with that, the more those people are going to enter your life. And it was just such a beautiful card. And it was just like, and then I think about it, that like we, 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 all of our souls, we chose this. We chose this moment to be here and to engage with each other and to learn from each other Mm -hmm. and then to then give it out to a lot of other people and let them learn. And that's just, it's just crazy to think that like, as a collective, this was a a choice to be here at this time. Like, I don't know. It just blows my mind. It's mind blowing. And it's true, right? It's like, that's the thing. Like I said, at the beginning of this, just because I came into contact with you, didn't necessarily mean that I'd want to continue being in contact mm-hmm. with you, right? And it was just like, there was a moment where I was like, what, what is this? This human is like, she's on another level and I need to be part of this. And that's that we come into contact with so many people on a daily basis. And, you know, we can't, you don't even think about it, right? Lots of humans come through our lives that we don't even bat an eyelash, but then some people do. And it's like, yep, I'm, I'm also a control freak. So it's like, if I can control... <laughs> having this human in my orbit, then I will. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's super powerful. Isn't it crazy too, how you can also meet people and you can also know that they're like, not immediately now. Yes. Like literally in a five minute conversation, you're like, "Mm." yeah, never again, you know, like (laughs) talk to you never. (laughs) And you just feel like an asshole. Like, like, because you're so aware. (laughs) Yeah. But you just know. Something I want to circle back on before we go to the next question, because when you just said you're either giving love or asking for it, I think I might have yeah. gotten the wording of that wrong. Yep, yep, yep. But yep. it reminds me, um, as an elementary school teacher, we say that the kids who sometimes are the toughest, mm. which somehow seem to always end up in my classroom, but the kids who need the most love ask for it in the most unloving ways. And I feel like that yep. was just so validating. And I know there's a bunch of teachers that listen in our boo crew. So please just remember that. When your patience is running thin with them, they really just need love. And I thought that that was just a beautiful way for affirming that. So thank you for that. But you also know that. That's what's interesting. Like you're aware of that because even when you're telling me stories, you know that. Like you'll be like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to give a little extra, I'm going to pull out some, a little extra patience out of my pocket on this one because I know that this kid needs some extra love, you know? And those kids, if they don't get that validation, they just become those exact people as adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just a cycle. And, and, and you think of all of these adults that like also are mean and like cruel and they still, they just want love too. And right. no one loved yeah. them enough. No one loved them enough when they were a kid. Yes, it does. It just goes, they just become adults that need the same thing. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woo wee. Woo wee is right. Okay. I drink so- my life. <laughs> Um, something that you're extremely passionate about and it shows in your social media presence is educating your audience on how to hashtag stop Asian hate. And we know that this is something that right now is at an all time high in our world. And like I said, it shows in your content. We just really wanted to know 
And you kind of mentioned this with, you know, content creators, just not having the confidence to maybe address these things that are happening in our world. We sort of want to know like where that confidence came from. How did you decide to step into that and become an educator? Because you are quite frankly, an educator in your own right. Thank you. You're welcome. It's really kind of you to say that because I often feel like I'm not doing enough. I often oh, feel like I, I could be doing more. I often feel like I could be doing more in depth, often feel like I'm just hitting the surface. And sometimes I have to sit with myself and think, maybe this is all that you're meant to do and that's okay. You know, and, and, and maybe you, you hit this, that the surface of, of what it is because it's what you've experienced. And then you can propel other voices who have experienced it on a, a deeper level. And that's something I've been really trying to focus on because it, 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 it's hard to sit and be like, like you see other people doing more and you're like, should I be sharing more? Should I be, I don't, you, you know what I mean? You, you know, you know, you always wonder yeah. if you can be doing more. Totally. But I, I don't, I wish I, I wish I had a more linear answer for this question. I think I just, I am an Asian immigrant that grew up in the South around not many other Asian immigrants. And I grew up wanting so badly to be a little white girl so that I could fit in and have blonde hair and, you know, blue eyes. And, and then I was definitely the token Asian for a lot of my life. And at the end of the day, it was my choosing, you know, I, I, and, and, and I, I, I want people to see that, that like, people talk about tokenism, like it's so bad, but it's like, I, I wanted to be the token Asian. I wanted to be the Asian friend, you know what I mean? Among all like the, the, the white girls. Cause then I, cause then it would make me feel like I, I belonged more, you know? Oh, wow. And I feel like it was this sense of feeling like you were chosen. Does that make sense? Mm. Interesting. I've literally never seen it that way. I have wow. never thought of it like that either. Wow. That makes, it makes so much sense though. Wow. I mean, like it's seeking love. I was seeking love. I just, I, I wanted mm -hmm. to feel like I belonged and I just wanted to feel loved by people that I wanted, that I thought I wanted to be because, because it would make me more normal because it would just make me more, more, um, words. We're going to accept whatever words. it was at that time. A word. Right? Yeah. Like more, whatever it was Insert in that word. of your life too. Yeah, like it, but it probably would have changed over years. Yeah. Yeah. Like in elementary school or in high school or in a work environment, it probably changes, but it's more of whatever that is. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's interesting. It, it's, it's interesting being able to now not being able to embrace being an Asian woman, being able to embrace being in a smaller body and having a different textured hair and having different shaped eyes. And just being different and then actually respecting it and embracing it instead of thinking that there was something not, not, not pretty about it, that, that it, that it wasn't good enough, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, and I wish, I wish I knew when that happened, but I feel like it happened in the last like year or two. I, I think it just came from, I don't, I don't know. Action. Act, you've been taking such action and creating such a beautiful representation for people on in so many ways on all of the platforms and doing all of the things that you're doing that I think that sometimes it's a moment and sometimes it's an evolution. Now that I really sit and think about it, I think it's because now that I really think about it, I think it's because I did one of the most cliche Asian things there is to do. I opened a nail salon 
(laughs) Okay. Yeah. And I think doing that and seeing it from my side and trying to build this bridge between the American culture and, and, and the Vietnamese culture, I think just made me so much more appreciative of that other side because I got to Ooh. see it and, and I got to mm-hmm. see like how, how hard it is and how much work it is and how I, I, I got to see immigrants that like had no other option, but to come to America. I, like, I don't think people realize how hard it is to get to America, how expensive it is, how costly, if that's the same thing, costly and expensive are the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, emotionally too, you're leaving. Like, you're I, leaving I, I, I do not, I've never immigrated. My you're family did and you hear everything. stories, but you can never know. Everyone that you know. Yeah. And then you're coming, you're in America and you have kind of, you only have a very few options with jobs. A lot of Uber drivers are foreigners, you know, and like you you have very little options, but you know what? You have better options than you did from where you came from. Mm. And, uh, and I think I just felt so much more connected to who they are and what they do and how very little that they are celebrated for it. Like, like on mother's day, all these people are taking their moms to go get their hands and feet done. Mm -hmm. And all these moms, all these moms, these Asian moms are working on that day (laughs) to make sure that those moms are happy for their day. You know, I don't know why this is making me emotional. No, you're so, it's, I mean, we're all just sitting here fighting back tears on the screen. It's so true. Yeah. And, and, and you think about, you know, all these times that you go to a restaurant to celebrate things with your family and your people, the majority of the staff in, in, in that kitchen are, are Mexican. They're Latin American and they're working till late hours to, you know, provide for their family as, as you're enjoying time with yours. And this is where it's so hard to be aware. It's so hard to be so aware and feel blessed for your life, but then not get so caught up in like, in like the, the, the pain and like hurt of others. Like, fuck, it's so hard. Especially when you know that, because I mean, you see the memes and the stereotypical jokes that are out there, but if you took a second to educate why those things even exist Mm -hmm. and the systems in which are in place to put them in these, in how life is for immigrants that are trying to create this new, beautiful life for themselves here, your tone might be a little bit different next time you approach and next time you, or you hear and you speak up in social circles. I know there's been situations where I have had, even when my voice shakes, learning more, I've been trying to speak up more because the ignorance, I'm like, oh my gosh. And there's probably times where like I sounded like that. Mm -hmm. But when you know more and even speaking up when your voice shakes, if that's all you can do Mm -hmm. and under helping others understand yeah, just everything you just explained is like, Whoa, man, I hope everybody had their ears on for this one because I think that's what a lot of my content is. I I think, I think I I try to just hit the surface of things that are really true to our every single day lives that we don't, we don't see. Um, yep. I mean, I, I remember when I was younger being at the grocery store and my mom is, is having a broken English conversation with the cashier because they charged her extra for something. And she, it's so difficult for her to have this conversation. The whole line is pissed off. The cashier is pissed off. I'm embarrassed by it. I grew up being so embarrassed by my culture. And now, now I'm embarrassed of other people when they don't know how to handle 
someone from another culture. Mm-hmm. But it but it, it took it took being on the other side. It took being the nail salon business owner that spoke perfect English that everyone had to make a comment about. Like, oh my God, your English is so like they're good. shocked. So shocked. <laughs> yeah. And then having to stand up for my staff when I when I see them being you know, treated poorly. Mm-hmm. I, I I remember this so well. A woman came into the nail salon and she didn't expect me to speak English well. And she was getting her pedicure done. And she was making comments about um, her tech. And she was like, oh, I, it's just so hard to communicate with him. I just wish she understood me. And I came up and I was like, ma'am, can I help you? And she was like, oh. And she was like, oh, I was just having trouble c- communicating with him. Um, and I was like, is that a problem? He is pretty new to America, you know, two years and, and he's still learning. I, he probably knows a little more than, you know, Vietnamese, but, you know, whatever. And she was like, so taken mm-hmm. aback. But I'm just like, like, think about the things that you say. And and mm-hmm. no one is less than for not speaking English well. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. And also, they probably, they're not, like understand more than what you're giving them credit for. Yeah. I know that oftentimes yeah. like they can understand, but might not be able to like speak it back. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a whole other, you know, communication form of communication. Yeah. So, Oh man. Oh, so yeah. So, so thank you for that question. Cause I think, I think I was able to, to see it, that, that that's what it was opening the salon, being on the other side and having to, having to use my voice then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. And we appreciate you doing it. <laughs> Yeah. And you don't give yourself enough credit. <laughs> like, no. I, so if you take anything from this episode, cause we could see it in your face when we were like, you're an educator in your own right. It's like, you didn't believe what we were yeah. saying. And so if nobody told you recently, let us be, and I know that people do, but whatever, let us be <laughs> the gajillion and one person to tell you, because you really are making a difference. Even if you feel like it's surface level, because for someone like me who has not been around a Vietnamese American who has not heard a voice like that amplified. Mm-hmm. I've learned yeah. a ton, right? I, mm-hmm. I don't, I, you're the first. It could have been a situation where there was nothing and now I have mm-hmm. something. And so that goes to say a lot because I'm Canadian. And so my experience is a little bit different. Not much, you know, there's still lots of fixing that still needs to be done up here too, but it's a different experience and I can see everything is a larger scope. And I think having a larger scope allows you to see more, which again, you know, it's a double-edged sword, but then it allows me to see, because even Becca and I were talking about this, preparing these questions for you. She was like, I don't know if it's, you know, as bad up there in Canada. And it's like, I don't know what that feels or looks like, but I sure as shit know that it's not there's some work to be done here too. There's yeah, either way, either way, there's work to be done. Yes, absolutely. You know, no matter what. Yeah. Yes. We kind of touched on this already because that I love how that question just went, led into that whole conversation. But how can we effectively honor diversity with equity? Doing it not just to check a box. This is an interesting question because I think, I think that we all deserve the same that the same help and the same understanding, because I'm not sure how a lot of people feel about this, but I think, I think sometimes people, I feel like a lot of times you have to look at things in how 
you can change because you can't always change others. Mm. Very rarely can you ever change others. And so I think for all people that are marginalized, let's just look at women and then you go deep into like minority women, right? I think it is really big to know that you're not holding yourself back because a lot of people do. You hear about women that it, it, not not just women, but minorities in, in the workplace, they don't get as many promotions or they don't get as many job opportunities. But a lot of times they're not showing up for it because they feel like they feel like they they can't. And so it's like you got you got to show up before you make the complaints that you're not getting the things that you want. And so with and I feel like this has changed throughout the years for, for women, but along for a while, women weren't showing up. For these jobs and careers, they wanted to stay home or maybe they thought they wanted to stay home. Who who knows? But it's like you're not going to get you're not going to be able to get these resources. You're not going to be able to get these opportunities if you are still wallowing in your own self-pity. If, if you're still like, well, I, I'm not getting what I want and people aren't seeing me for who I am. Like you need to get out of that mindset because that's going to hurt you more than anybody else's. Mm-hmm. That's going to fuck with you a lot more than what, what someone else can do to you. Cause uh, there's a lot of times I, mm, I hear absolutely. people talk about it. I hear people talk about like, what is a good example? I, I really like giving examples, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I mean, people will oftentimes pull everything back to race and, or pull everything back to gender. And I'm not always sure if that's fair. And I'm not always sure if that's helpful, you know? But I, but I think at the end of the day, to honor diversity is to honor your own diversity first and show up, ask for the things that you want, say, say what you bring to the table, make a place for yourself at the table, honor your own diversity and others will follow. But when you're not doing those things, don't, don't expect others to. Yes. Ooh, wow. love that. I mean, I feel like I need to be I hosed down the, after this episode. <laughs> Shows yeah, me down. <laughs> it's so true. I feel like I've, you're looking for examples and I feel like I've watched humans in my life growing up in a very diverse city. I've watched humans yeah. get in their own way. Like I've literally heard them say, literally say, yeah, I'm just like not gonna put my application in for that promotion because they're yeah. not gonna look at me. And it's like, you're, you're, cut, you're just stopping yourself. It comes back to fear, fear right? It comes mm-hmm. back to what's the worst that's going to happen. You're not going to get the job. So you keep the job you have, like what's the worst, but you can't advance yourself. You're right. If you don't present yeah. yourself with the opportunity, I I'm a big believer that I love the, the concept of interviews and getting interviewed for jobs. And if you don't get a, don't get the job, it's like, well, but that was a cool experience. Like I learned <laughs> that I really enjoyed answering that question or I didn't, or maybe I could have learned, answered this better. I learned so much about myself going to job interviews, but that's because I gave myself those opportunities. So if you're not giving yourself those opportunities, I can totally see what you're saying about many times we, we lean on race mm-hmm. and gender and we say that's the reason for x or y or z but maybe it's not and sometimes it is 
a lot of times it is. And sometimes but it is. you have to start asking yourself too, you know, like, are you going to wait for an invite to the table or are you going to make, you going to push yourself into the right. table? Like, and I think that that's the thing about white men is they don't need an invite anywhere, you know? Right. right. Yeah. They don't need an invite anywhere, but in order the power of community, since you have the yeah. power to do that, to open the door yeah. and offer exactly. a seat. Offer all of yeah. the seats and educate yourself. And like you said, look in because yes, look in and then bring your own diversity and speak up on that. But also look in at maybe the not so pretty parts of it and realize maybe your bias that you're holding yeah. and then work on that and then open your door and your mind and your heart to give the opportunity to people who feel like they can't even enter yeah. the room, you know? Yep. 100%. So it's a combo of it all. We got work to do people. Work to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I cannot. This was amazing. <laughs> I'm like adjusting myself in my seat. Okay. <laughs> so many learning moments. Yes. Oh, now we're all about learning and unlearning here. Just like we definitely took a turn and, you know, our pod is about learning to love yourself in every size, shape and season. And I think it's really important before I go and lighten up the mood and ask him a fun question. I think it's really important to address the fact that while yes, Becca and I talk a lot about your body and your physicality on this podcast there's a reason why we say size, shape, and season. And Kim being a guest on this podcast comes from that, is that in this season, currently, right now, that the world is experiencing, we need to hear more of this. And mm -hmm. we all need to educate ourselves more. And every single human being who listens to this is going to think like, dang, that's a little, they took a little, took a turn a little bit, but that's the point because we're learning and unlearning too. And it was just, it couldn't, it couldn't, we couldn't have not had this opportunity to speak with you. It's just, it's so relevant. And, you know, we can only do so much, like we can only be sponges and then sprinkler so much, but hearing from you and elevating your voice and amplifying your voice was super important to us. So again, we're just thankful. We're just super, super thankful that you're here and you're the best. Thank you for the um, insightful questions. Cause I think you're welcome. I, I, yeah. I think it's not about the answers in life that you get. It's, it's the questions that you're asked. And, and when you're asked the right questions and you really get to learn. Like I learned today about myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. We love that. Like we said, we're here to amplify all the voices and we are more than a body. So yes, size, shape, and season, but also recognizing that you are more than a body and there's so much more learning to do outside of that. And inside yourself, <laughs> knowing you're more than a body and what you need to learn is great. So let's have some fun. We did the learning. We work, work hard and party hard, right? <laughs> play hard. Exactly. Okay. I want to know, uh, we want to know about your ideal Kim day. So I always love watching your stories. I, I love, I love, you share a lot about like self-care and the importance of self-care and what that looks like for you. And I'm just always so excited. Like when you, when you talk about it and when you ask your audience, like what that means to them, and then you share those responses, I learn so much from your shares of shares. And I think that's so cool share because so I'm like, much. damn, people share so much and it's mm -hmm. powerful because they're like, Whoop, never, never looked at it that way. Mm -hmm. So 
I love that you give that space for others and then you project that into the world because we there's so much to learn. But what would an ideal Kim day look for you? So where would you be? Who would you be with? What would you be doing? Let's hear it. <laughs> it's a tough one, right? How much can you cram in one day? <laughs> Who didn't right? sleep though? You didn't sleep last night. Oh my <laughs> God. I am so tired. <laughs> Uh, okay. Ideal Kim day. This is like very, 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 very ideal. I would be, I would wake up. I would meditate. I would journal. I would water and talk to my plants, tell them that I'm proud of them. Then I would hang out with my kids and my husband. I would sit down and I would work on an hour of writing on a novel, a, a book. Um, I've One of my biggest dreams is to be a writer and to publish a book. And then I would love to be planning a trip somewhere really cool with my family. And on top of that, this is, this is where it gets really ideal. On top of that, wherever the destination is, hopefully there's like a, a speaking engagement there for me as well. We're, we're thinking somewhere in Italy, you know, like the, the, the mind, the mind map, Ooh. like, you know, one of those conferences with Jay yes. Shetty and stuff. So I'm like, Hey Jay. Yes. Ooh, yes. Ooh, Jay. Now we get, I was waiting. I was like, please tell me we're getting some name <laughs> we're getting, drops. We're getting really, really serious. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, so planning, planning a book signing tour, planning, planning a, a trip, some speaking engagements with my family, my friends, and then, so uh, have a couple hours of the work day and then go to the grocery store, buy all the things, come home and cook a big meal and have all my friends and family over. My, my biggest, my greatest love language is cooking. So mm. just to gather people around for a meal, I think is so special. And then put my kids to bed, have really good sex with my husband and go to sleep. <laughs> And that's our ideal day. Yes. yes. Love it. I love that you're an acts of service person. You're, uh, you're acts of service, Such clearly. An acts of service person. I'm so over myself. Like, uh. It's <laughs> <laughs> exhausting, uh, right? Drives me crazy. <laughs> That sounds like such an awesome day. Wow. Yeah. I also love that you, we didn't even tell you, this is so, I love your imagination. So I have a crush on your imagination. <laughs> so like, I just have like a brain crush on you, but I love Ooh. that you, you were like, well, it was like future Kim. You didn't even, you didn't even future present tense Kim. it. I was like, wait, hold on. As soon as you said- Kim. Yeah, kids and husband. I was like, yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Like show us the human you want to be. Right. I love that. Claim oh, it. Claim it. Yes. I love that. Love it. Do you hear that, Jay Shetty? Yeah. <laughs> Do you hear that, Jay Shetty? <laughs> Jay Shetty, we have your next uh, speaker. I'm coming for you. You're not going to be the only Asian in the game anymore, sir. There you go. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Move over, Jay Shetty. Let me have a seat with you. She'll, Listen, she'll bring Linda's. the food. <laughs> she'll bring the food. And we are really good at manifesting things here and then like legit making mm -hmm. it happen. Like if you listen back to episodes, we do it. 
Yes. I want to be a mixture of Jay Shetty and Chrissy Teigen and Brene Brown. Ooh. <gasps> Whoa. Those are Wait. the three. That, yes. I see Those it. Those are my three. That's who I'd really like to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Ring that doorbell. Walk into that room. Becca loves Brene Brown. Like it's. Oh, oh. talk about a brain crush. Yeah. I want Brene Brown She's to just like. So good. She, yeah, right? She's There's no so other good. way to put it. She's just so good. Her words, her thoughts, her heart. Like, she's just good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a good way of putting it. She's just good. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to in the next few months? I mean, I know our worlds are opening up a little bit more faster than AMQ. She'll catch up to us real quick, though. But what are you looking forward to in the next few months, year, years to come? The shop should be opening in the next couple of weeks, which is huge. And uh, my house should be closing next week, this week. Yeah, it's been so cool watching that too. It's been fun. It's been, it's been expensive. It's been (laughs) great. (laughs) (laughs) And what else? Oh, I turned 30 in July. Nice. Yes. That's crazy. And my tarot card reader says that I'm going to meet, she says that I'm going to have a hot girl summer. Yes. (laughs) Whatever that means really enjoy Mr. Right Now's like she's like very particular I'm reading she's like I'm reading that you like you really are ready for a relationship and she's like but this summer is not it and she's like you need to have a hot girl summer and just like (laughs) do you focus on you and you're gonna meet plenty of Mr. Right Now's and just enjoy that but your Mr. Right isn't going to be here until the end of the year so I guess maybe we have him to look forward to I don't Ooh. Oh my goodness. I need to talk with her. I need Me too. To, you really need to talk this, with her. You really need oh to talk with her. Oh my gosh. She's wow. Really good. I cannot. I'm going to have to get these uh, contact info, this contact information real quick yeah. at the end of this episode. Our spirit sister, Amber. So good. Oh, write it down. Mm-hmm. I love that you call. I love that. Just spirit sister sounds great. <laughs> She's our spirit sister. Yeah. That's amazing. Damn. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys so much. This was so powerful. And I know. No, we appreciate you. I know that a lot of our, yes, we do. Our boo crew is going to learn a lot, just like we promised that they would. And we knew, but we just appreciate your time. And we know that you're tired. So we even more appreciate your time and energy that you gave to being so present with us today. And you're just a little gem. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I, I, um, thank you. I adore you guys. Thank you so much for the time and the space and, and the energy. I'm sending love. You're the best. Yes. Thank you. All right. Lots of learning, lots of unlearning. So if you love our vibe, rate, review, share, and subscribe. And as always, if you have any takeaways from this episode or any episodes past, email us to hello, hello with three O's at I got you And we will be here next week. And don't forget, I got, I got you, boo. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. bye.